Empty Set Entertainment presents Slay, created by Scott Sigler. This story is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Junkie! The big news for this week, we are finally live on Realm. In addition to the other places that you find this podcast, we are also at realm.fm. They are the podcast host for my show and for my back catalog stories that we are bringing back for you. That means they're serving up the story files no matter where you get them, be it from Spotify, Apple, the RSS feed, or anywhere else. And they're serving them up themselves over at Realm.fm. And for your fine face, Junkie, they have brought back the podcast versions of Nocturnal, Ancestor, and the entire Infected Trilogy. That's right. Infected, Contagious, and Pandemic. The entire thing are now up as free, ad-supported podcasts wherever you get your listening goodies. Be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever. So go get some! Now, to keep listening to my weekly feed, which you're listening to now, you don't gotta change nothing. Realm is serving up my episodes into your existing feed, so you should be good. But if something goes wrong and you need to resubscribe, or you're not subscribing and you want to subscribe... Just go to scottsigler.com slash subscribe for links to get your weekly free dose. Now, let me get you caught up on Slay, and then all the home repairs will be done in just two weeks. Previously on Slay, Lincoln successfully killed the wyvern in Wyoming and earned the reward, Hall's bracelet. The magic item he will use to pay Kalista and change the nature of his contract with her. As long as he delivers it to her and keeps making payments, he'll be free of her control and she'll be forced to continue protecting his son, Sam, who is trapped in the purgatory known as the shelf. What could possibly go wrong? The old stone church had been a pigsty, granted, But it had also been quiet. No buildings nearby, no neighbors, no traffic. The only noise came from Magda's nonstop movies projected on the big screen, but Link had long since learned to tune those out. He could sleep through the loudest parts of any flick, from Aliens to Zombieland. But now, thanks to Ariella, there was nonstop noise. Trucks, saws, drills, nail guns, Belt sanders, grinders, blowtorches, a cacophony of sounds seemingly designed specifically to keep him awake. He stood in the kitchen, sipping coffee and burning meshwork to keep himself disguised. The contractors were now working inside the church, coming and going and doing what contractors did. Instead of a rixator in full armor and cloak, the workers saw a man in slacks, a white button-down, and a blue tie. Lincoln played the role of Ariella's silent partner, on site and observing while they prepped the church as a home for an unnamed software magnate. It was almost time to confront Kalista. He was armed with a payment, Hall's bracelet, and with knowledge that Dante Oganov might be muscling in on her turf. Hopefully, that would smooth over his betrayal his choice to not kill Ariella, as Kalista had commanded, and rather partner up with her instead. Kalista, 
would not be pleased. Ariella walked into the kitchen, only she wasn't Ariella. She was the red-headed, blue-eyed, frumpy Patty McTash. The ever-present necklace of turquoise and charms now looked like a gaudy string of colored acrylic beads. There's workers all over the goddamn place, Lincoln said. When is this going to end, Ariella? I have Dragon in her kennel. You think Dragon likes being in a kennel? Like I could give a shit what your guard dog thinks, Lincoln. The interior renovation should be done in about two weeks. Two weeks, Lincoln said. You ever see the movie The Money Pit? I don't watch movies. I have actual work to do. A backhanded dig on Magda. Ariella was full of those. This is all this is. It's way more than the water heater in the shower, Lincoln said. There's what? Ten guys in the basement? I don't even know what they're doing. How much is all this going to cost me? Cost us, Ariella said. We're partners now. You don't have to bear the financial burden up by yourself anymore, Lincoln. Another swipe at Magda. That pissed Lincoln off. But wasn't it also true? Hadn't he bitched directly to Mags that she brought in nothing? But it wasn't her fault. Not after what she'd been through. If Mags couldn't set foot outside the church, how was she supposed to make any money? The basement crew is doing a final cleanup, Ariella said. They'll be out of our hair within the hour. Don't worry about the repairs. Worry about Kalista. In order to keep Sam protected, you have to get this right. I should be going with you. I am your lawyer, after all. A brave gesture. Kalista wanted Ariella dead. Yet Ariella was willing to stand face to face with the crime lord. I told you, it's too dangerous, Lincoln said. You have a price on your head. Anyone sees you along the way, it could go bad. Ariella gestured to herself, from her head down to her cheap shoes. No one is after Patty McTash, she said. That was true, but one never knew when a cockeye was looking your way. Besides, Oleus Oakbeard, the Flechette sisters, and Boss Hogg would attack Lincoln on sight. Taking any of them on was hard enough without also having to protect Ariella. Lincoln didn't know shit about legal stuff. With Cantrell and his parents not responding, if anything happened to Ariella, Lincoln wouldn't know what to do next. And Sam would be screwed. I'm going alone, Lincoln said. Ariella's fingertips searched her necklace, landed on a blue acrylic bauble. With a spark of eldritch energy, she pulled it free, handed it to Lincoln. Take this globe, she said. With it, I can hear what you hear, I can see what you see. When you reach Kalista, set it on the ground next to you. I'll be able to negotiate for you. Good luck, Lincoln. Ariella's anxiety and concern showed. If anything happened to her, Sam was screwed. But if anything happened to Lincoln, she was screwed. He was the only thing stopping Kalista from taking her head. Luck? Lincoln forced a grin. Where I'm going, I don't need any luck. Whatever, Ariella said. Just stay focused. And no drinking. I need you shop for this. She didn't get the movie reference. Mags would have, but 
She was in the nave with Billy and the Kennel Dragon watching Big Trouble in Little China. Get going, Ariella said. Get this done. Lincoln drained his coffee. It was time to go to work. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Magda could not believe it. The last time she had seen this basement, it had not only been flooded... It had frozen. An indoor skating rink, if you didn't mind the chunks of old crumbling concrete and jagged, rusted rebar sticking up in some spots. There had been some old furniture, too. Moldy shreds of fabric clinging to rotting wood and disintegrating springs. An ancient, broken, decomposing grand piano, as if the place had been home to a Phantom of the Opera wannabe. Even the ceiling had looked on the way out, with mold both wet black and powder white clinging to ancient, angled crossbeams. The walls, too, had been on the verge of collapse, with water flowing through and eroding centuries-old mortar. There had been fist-sized holes where stones had fallen out to make little islands in the swampy floor. But now? Good Lord. Every bit of detritus had been removed. The haunting image of the piano and the messages from the past furniture were nothing more than memories. Now so out of context, Magda wasn't entirely sure they'd been real at all. Holes in the walls patched, the surface coated in white paint. It wasn't smooth, but it was dry and bright, bouncing back light cast by rows of new fluorescence in diamond plate fixtures. The floor was smooth, 
fresh concrete, topped by a gray epoxy coating flecked with bits of black and red. Three industrial benches lined one wall. A hardwood-topped island sat in the middle of the basement, its front side lined with handled drawers. A pegboard with tools hanging from them. Space heaters. A weaver station with three mortar and pestle sets of different sizes and shelves ready for vials and urns and bins of fiber and mesh. Hammers, saws, a drill press, a grinder wheel, a jigsaw. And on the south wall, a bench press and a bar, an exercise rack full of handles and cables and stacks of weights, a treadmill, a stationary bike, a row of dumbbells, a speed bag, and a heavy bag, a sparring mat, and near it against the wall, a rack of wooden training weapons, swords, bokens, axes, spears, knives, staves, and more. Magda's head swam. What had been a crumbling mausoleum of the church's glory days was now a warm and dry abode for training and maintaining Lincoln's weapons, armor, and meshwork. Tight, Billy said. This looks real cool, Ariella. Magda could say nothing at all. Thank you, William, Ariella said. It certainly cost us a pretty penny. That snapped Magda out of her daze. How much? She gestured the benches, the walls, the floors, the ceiling. How much was all this? Aren't you broke? Ariella waved a hand as if brushing the thought away. Don't worry about it, she said. I'm handling our finances now. What matters is you have everything you need to keep Lincoln's gear in tip-top condition. And if we can get him, and you for that matter, to put down the bottle and leave the junk food alone, everything we need to get him back into better shape. Magda had never priced out gear of this caliber. Even when she'd been with the Bastion, she hadn't seen a setup like this. Back then, she'd used the same ancient tools that millennia's worth of Rixators and their armors had used, along with a hodgepodge of items for maintaining and customizing firearms. Lincoln told you not to go into debt, Magda said. Didn't you say your money's locked down? Is all this on credit? How much do we owe? Ariella looked at Magda the way a parent might look at a misguided child. The expression made Magda want to punch her in the throat. I'm a person who gets things done, Ariella said. I find a way. How long have you been living here with Lincoln? The shift in conversation caught Magda off guard. I don't know, she said. A few years? More like five. Perhaps a little longer. She wasn't sure, as she spent most of that time drunk or high. Usually both. You've had five years to find a way to improve this place, Ariella said. But you didn't. So how about you leave concerns regarding money to those who make it? Have a drink, Magda. Aside from fixing Lincoln's shit, that seems to be all you're good for. Enjoy your toys. I have to go to my office and help Lincoln. He'll be at Callista's in a few minutes. Ariella walked out. Heels click-clacking, skirted ass snapping side to side like a pinball flipper. Magda glanced around. 
The tools and equipment that had initially sparked joy now made her feel stupid, made her feel worthless. Man, fuck that bitch, Billy said. Magda noticed that he said it very quietly. It ain't my fault, she said. I can't leave here. It ain't my fault. And yet, deep down, she knew that it was her fault. She couldn't leave because she was weak. Because she was a loser. People had suffered worse than she had, yet they'd gone on with their lives. She was both inmate and warden of her own prison. You don't have to leave to make money, Billy said. Magda glanced at him. You could do a work-from-home thing, he said. My buddy, uh, Ray Ray Rerun, he's a rapper. His beats suck, but he sold a bunch of t-shirts on account of his album covers. His girlfriend was on him, usually slicked down in melted butter with a popcorn stuck all over her. Wasn't my thing, but sold a lot of shirts. Oh, and posters. He said they sold hundreds in Japan. What was this pipsqueak going on about? You want me to cover myself in melted butter and pop popcorn? Lil Peen, that's not gonna happen. Billy snorted, shook his head, and rolled his eyes all at the same time. <laughs> that's not what I mean. Besides, I mean, that's, you know, that's probably copyright infringement or something. I mean, especially if you have text in there that says, butter them muffins or popcorn them titties. He ended both with a Z, by the way. I don't think he copyrighted that because, you know, anyone could probably change an S to a Z. You know what I mean? Magda ran a hand along the island workbench, loving the feel of it, hating herself. For loving it. I have zero fucking idea what you mean. You think I should sell popcorn? Or maybe popcorns with a Z? I'm not spending my precious time packing boxes and doing inventory. No. She would spend it fixing Lincoln's shit. And drinking. Because that's all she was good for. Billy sighed heavily. As if Magda was oblivious to the obvious. You don't have to ship anything, he said. You don't have to stock anything. There's people who make the shirts or whatever. They do the shipping for you. All you got to do is take orders. If Ray Ray Rerun had done the stocking and shipping, man, there would have been butter stains on everything. Some other stains, come to think of it. Ray Ray and his girlfriend, they nasty. Magda glanced to the wooden swords and staffs, wondering if it was time to use them on Billy. Knock some sense into him, maybe. All I'm saying is you need an idea, he said. Something clever. Something that sounds dirty so teenagers will buy it. Something that looks good on a t-shirt. Then you do this dropshipping thing and you don't gotta touch nothing. That caught her attention. That sounds too good to be true, Lil B. I'm not saying it isn't hard work. We just need the right idea. Should be something you dig so you enjoy the process. You know, like how Ray Ray Rerun loved to drizzle melted butter and grape jelly in his junk and his girlfriend, I get it, Magda said. Spare me the details. An idea, huh? How do I come up with something like that? Billy shrugged. Well, what do you like? She thought about it. For starters, she liked the idea of selling something that she never touched. They didn't teach shit like that in the Bastion. But what to sell? She liked weed. She liked booze. She didn't like the idea of selling shirts associated with those things, though, no matter how many rebel teens might dig it. 
I like pizza, she said. Oh, and chocolate. I love chocolate. Billy smiled, a warm smile, a genuine smile, and he spread his hands. Chocolate, he said. I think we can work with that. Time to pay the piper. Lincoln decided to park the bike a few blocks from Callista's club. He couldn't leave it at her door. Not this time. Not when her guards might fuck with it if things went south in a hurry. It was a nice night for a walk. Half moon, only partially obscured by clouds. Plenty cold. Not that he noticed at all that much, thanks to his cloak. He'd left the cloak behind when he had fetched Billy's 10K, but not this time. He was going into the lioness's den. Yes, the cloak's power made him more detectable, but it was a risk he had to take. When standing face to face with Kalista, he needed his arsenal close at hand. Four more blocks to go. No foot traffic tonight, and few cars. Too cold for it, too late for it. Three in the morning. Streetlights remained on, but only a few windows in the surrounding buildings showed any light inside. A right at the next corner, then he'd be two blocks from Callista's alley. No sign of Boss Hog, Oleus Oakbeard, or the Flechette sisters. He was going to make it. Everything rode on the next 30 minutes or so. He and Ariella would negotiate. He would be free of Callista's contract. Kalista would still be obligated to protect Sam. It would work. It had to work. Lincoln turned the corner. As he did, a flash of dull metal blurred before him a split second before something smashed into his forehead. He flew backward, his body crunching into a parked car. Surprise, motherfucker! That voice. He had heard that man's voice before. Not Hog, not Oleus, someone else. Lincoln rolled to his side. He couldn't think. He hadn't been hit that hard in a long time. He got to one knee, fumbled inside the hidden spaces of his cloak, searching for his hatchet. He heard footsteps coming his way. He had to get up. He had to fight. Lincoln stood on weak legs. He saw double. A man twirling a staff. No, not a staff. Five feet of galvanized pipe. Dark tan robes, loose sleeves. Front and back flaps dangling almost to the concrete slid up the sides to let his legs move free. A beaded bag hanging off his right hip. Hair in a bun with a hair stick through it. Oh, shit. A monk of the Bastion. A former monk turned bounty hunter. Callista sends her regards, he said. The most feared bounty hunter there was. The one who always, always completed the task. The bounty hunter known as Finish the Job Johnson. Wait, Lincoln said. Wait, wait a second. I was just on my way there to see her. His legs wobbled. 
He gripped Bastard Maker's handle, held the ancient weapon in front of him. I'm, I'm going to pay her. Don't care, finished the job Johnson said as he walked closer. I didn't get hired to talk. Just, just give me a second. I, the pipe flashed out. One end knocked Bastard Maker from Lincoln's hand. The other end whipped in, smashed into his temple. Lincoln dropped. He had a moment to realize his tongue was on the sidewalk and that sidewalks tasted like dirt, sand, and disease. Then, another blow smashed into his head and he felt nothing more. You have been listening to Slay, created and read by Scott Sigler. Copyright 2023, Empty Set Entertainment. For more information on the author and more books, visit scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song They're Watching Me by the band Superweapon. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.